shout out to our sponsors at IconBet. Open source, decentralized gaming, no deposits, play straight from your wallet. IconBet, made by the players, for the players. Ion Icon is proudly supported by Icon Nation and the Icon community. Hey everyone, welcome back to another Ion Icon. This episode is a bit special, so we're kicking off our BTP series where we go around the Icon BTP connected ecosystems and get a bit of information of what's going on there, what are projects being built, what is their chain all about. And today I have with me Sasha. Sasha is uh, an expert, should I say, or is very aware of everything going on in the NIR uh, ecosystem. And as we know, NIR is one of our BTP um, uh, integrations that is being worked on and going to be implemented soon. So why I thought I chased down a community member, I chased down someone who knew a lot about Nia to bring all the latest and greatest of what's going on in their ecosystem. So enough about me rambling. Sasha, welcome to Iron Icon. Thank you for being on the show. How are you today? Very good. Thank you for inviting me. That's it's our pleasure. So look, Sasha, let's let's get started. Tell us a bit about yourself, you know, uh, who you are, how you got into crypto, how you got involved with Nia, like give us some uh, some beef about you so then and then we'll dive into everything about Nia. Cool. Yeah, sounds good. So I live in uh, a South Bay area not too far from San Francisco. Originally I'm from Belarus. So I actually came to US maybe like 14 years ago at this point worked in like finance uh, on technology mergers and acquisitions then worked in uh, technology industry in like sales mostly um, and that's where I met actually one of the co-founders of, of Nia. So he was working with me but on engineering side. Uh, in a company called MemSQL. Now it's actually renamed, it's called Single Store, but it's actually a database company that built sharded databases. And so it turns out that when Nier was starting actually in August of 2018, uh, scalability of Ethereum was kind of like very much uh, on people's mind and scalability through sharding ended up being like very relevant. And so since the team that uh, at least I worked on in MemSQL was focused on building sharded databases ended up uh, kind of like big focus for near early days. And so for, for me, when I joined near, which was pretty much from the beginning, we had this particular three days when the team kind of went from three to nine people uh, at the time, I was the only one uh, person talking to the market. So I was talking to a lot of uh, founders, uh, which early days when we were just building the product was just understanding what we, what do we need even to, for, uh, for people to build. And um, that actually changed our strategy quite a bit, actually, because I was talking to a lot of game studios in the blockchain space, and I was telling them we're building scalability solution. And at the time, at least when when the Ethereum S prices were really low, uh, people were telling me like we actually don't care about scalability. And I was like, wait, like we are building scalable solution. Like I, th I thought that's what the market needs, and they're like, no, actually, like we need to bring mass market. We we want to get gamers into the gaming space, and so for that. We're losing a lot of them on onboarding with like MetaMask and things like that. How you handle transactions is a big challenge. Onboarding is a big challenge. Account model is a big challenge. And so we actually completely rethought how like onboarding into crypto is done. In our case, in New York system, it's done with Web2 wallet. Uh, and we also approach transactions differently, also approach account model differently. And that came from pretty much talking to the market at the time in 2019. And then uh, for majority of this time, 2018, 2020, we were building blockchain. We launched roughly a year ago into the mainnet. It took maybe two and a half years total to to launch. Uh, kind of sharded. It was just one shard uh, into mainnet, um, and then I actually moved into also starting uh, accelerator last year for, for near. It's called Open Web Collective. Uh, that was part of the realization that in order to win 
uh, a lot of developers and founders in the space you kind of need to help on the business side not only it's technology side not only, like you're you can be building a better blockchain by a couple dimensions but that's not enough given how how early we are um like there is no playbook either in a space you kind of need to help a lot more um uh projects uh, when it comes to launching into mainnet mm -hmm. fast when it comes to getting adoption when it comes to how did you get fundraising when it comes to token economics when it comes to legal advice um, and so I was focusing on that side uh, quite a bit, started Open Up Collective, right now it's in a third batch of it. Um, and this year, actually quite a bit of near started to do organizational decentralization. So our spin-off was the very first spin-off, it's called Human Guild. We have a um, website called humanguild.io. And we were the first uh, spin-out uh, out of near but there are quite a few others. There's Proximity, there's Aurora, there is Open Up Collective, the incubator I started, there is um, Satori. So there are quite a few uh, spin-outs happening from the near team. Um, and they, each one of them is focused in a particular area in ecosystem. Mm -hmm. In our case, we're pretty much a community of builders um, and founders and creators. We focus on amount of earners in your ecosystem, how many people actually get paid in near across different applications in the context for how, how you get paid is actually very different per application. For example, if it's um, if it's AMM, um, then people like liquidity providers could be the ones mm -hmm. who get paid, right? If it's NFT marketplace, that's creators who get who get paid. If it's a game developer building something, it could, it could be game developer himself, could be a gamer actually maybe contributing to a particular level within the game who gets paid. And so we kind of like monitor uh, all of the earners across the near ecosystem, uh, across all of the applications, because we believe this is the kind of like fastest way to build actual economy on top of the protocol. Mm. And now in, in practice, what it means for us, uh, is to get get developer support help quite a bit, uh, like launching applications faster into mainnet, but also helping with usage after. So like it could be product improvement suggestions, could be um, particular verticals to go after. So for example, we are working closely with NFT marketplace out of Indonesia, built on Nier, called Paras, and they have been so far successful on in, in, in digital cards, kind of like niche uh, they found in the NFT marketplaces space, but they're also going right now into like comics uh, like web comics yeah, yeah. next and so we're kind of like working with them on that cool so so you kind of um human guild is kind of uh, usually we see especially in DeFi, a ragtag bunch of devs they come together and they create this awesome platform and stuff and then it's the same circle of people kind of utilizing it but what your kind of human guild is trying to do is going you know what you've created this and we want to make it take it a step further. We want to try and connect the dots of how do you expand it to the broader audience. And at the same time, making sure there's always that cash flow um, incentive for wherever you find the dots and people you need to connect, whereas, you know, to expand the markets and making sure the devs and creators are getting um, money is flowing back to them to enable them. So it's kind of putting all the pieces together and that that's what the human guild kind of focuses on. Yeah, pretty much. And I'll say like, you can look at crypto ecosystem as like almost like sequential couple different waves. So you can like there was a DeFi. Well, so first of all, like let's take a step back. Like let's look at what happened on Ethereum. I would say the process of finding use cases is, is like this multi-year process. It actually takes quite mm -hmm. a bit of time. Uh, people naturally try many different things. Like for Ethereum, maybe two thousand, maybe three thousand projects were incubated in the last five years and different like hackathons like ETH Global and many other places. And quite a few of them didn't work. It was like a process of just like trying many different things. DeFi uh, was the one that was the first one that actually hit like mm. the mainstream. Uh, it's, you know, started in 2019, probably a big chunk of it, but really hit 
hit the kind of product market fit last summertime with the liquidity mining incentives that projects like compound and balancer started mm. um and that like really took off in terms of like tvl at least like the metric that's important in DeFi context um and then you you saw like nft projects similarly with them they, they were kind of like where they are for a while but like also kind of like didn't have that much usage i remember it, i was talking to OpenSea and to x infinity middle of 2019 mm. and it was very early days like n- nobody had like any usage so to speak they were kind of like monitoring a couple different like whales they had in their spreadsheet pretty yeah. much now fast forward to today like january of last uh, january of this year we saw this huge spike in 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 that market and of course we can also talk about nfts like it's to the extent it is hype cycle but to the extent it's also um and i can explain what i mean by this but also to the extent it's generational trend in which in which creators can actually get paid directly and build audience directly without having to be represented by like gallery in art context or music label in the music context and that kind of stuff then we started seeing like new kind of wave with with DAOs more more recently. That's even like younger younger wave. But the thing is that for for Near, for example, Near is strong in particular other things and the use cases built on Near natively. What Near is strong in uh, haven't even started. I, f- I feel like it's it's another kind of process similar to Ethereum. Will take many years of of people coming to hackathons, trying many different things, kind of things that actually work. People kind of start copying and kind of like building on top of versus a lot of other things kind of like not work and kind of like um, not explored as, as widely. So I feel like it's it's kind of like multi-year kind of like long, long process actually. Yeah. So uh, earlier you were mentioning, and I wanted to pick your brain on it, you said Nier's solution was implementing a Web2 style wallet. Could you expand what, what did you mean by that? And, and keep in mind, I haven't sat there and explored the Nier ecosystem apart from doing research on some of the dApps, but I haven't set up my wallet or things like that, which I'm excited to do soon. Um, but yeah, could you could you expand? I'm quite curious what you meant by that. Mm-hmm. So what happened when we were talking to game studios at the time in 2000, early 2019, what I noticed is that in the Ethereum ecosystem, a lot of um, a lot of games that I was talking to, such as like Crypto Heroes in, in Japan and uh, LucidSight in LA, many others, were trying to put a Web2 wallet, kind of like in, in Ethereum ecosystem, the example of that is like Burner Wallet mm-hmm. that, uh, that um, uh, people built um, ahead of MetaMask. And so they were specifically kind of closing people um, uh on onboarding with metamask and i was hearing like some crazy numbers with onboarding such as like 199 people out of 200 would drop off if, mm. if they were like essentially like if you bring my mom and tell her like hey like set up the chrome extension for the wallet um and, and that's not the only thing obviously you also need to get crypto somewhere that's mm. also mm, part please. of the, part of the challenge there um, but but this particular piece of onboarding into like kind of chrome extension like browser extension like wallet we decided, given what we heard, to actually go different um, route, and so we built Web uh, Wallet solution instead. And so Web Wallet is the one that's kind of like more similar. It works kind of like Facebook login or something. It's it's non-custodial wallet, um, and it's a wallet where you basically a lot more familiar for the for like end users, for like people who are used to like Web. Yeah. And so that that lot so far has worked out pretty well for us we like recently just like last week i think crossed like 1 million accounts oh wow so that's that's so, actually like pretty so much like, is it basically signing in via an email essentially so yeah. is that yeah so it's okay okay you can pick different like recovery options there so you can do recovery through the text message that one is yeah. from my perspective a bit annoying because then you deal with like 2fa which is sometimes yeah, yeah, not yeah. super liable yeah uh, or, or email in this case you actually don't need to approve every single transaction 
Oh, another way to do it would be with Ledger, with like hardware, like Ledger, okay. or with like seed phrase, which is like people would re reserve for the accounts where there's a lot of money there. Yeah. Um, so, so it really depends. Like if you if you have like uh, like play money account, mm. you would go with like uh, email or or text. Um, and if you if you need some more security, then you would go for for some other other options like seed phrase. Um, yeah, and then and then we also have MetaMask like solution in your ecosystem. It's called NAR Wallets. Somebody in ecosystem built it. Yeah, but I, I haven't used myself it yet. Okay, okay. So from what you've been telling me, Nier's focus when as being as a blockchain was really uh, trying to capture the gaming aspect. Is that a fair assessment? Um, the gaming aspect of the market. I would say, like right now, um, given that kind of like it, it feels at least to me internally, or not internally, but like by being in your ecosystem from the beginning, it feels like the ecosystem is growing like exponentially. I cannot keep up with, yeah. with things. We have a newsletter now, which is like I'm actually like pointing everybody, everybody to just called nearweek.com, yeah. where people just there's aggregation of news there, which I'm myself like trying to keep up to. And so I feel like right now what we're going through is that we're starting to form into small units that focus on particular areas. So yeah. in case of human guilt, we focus on gaming and virtual worlds, but then we do have people focus on DeFi natively on Nier, mm -hmm. such as proximity spin-off. We also have people focusing on DeFi on EVM, more like you can just take your Ethereum contracts and like without having to rewrite, yeah. just copy. That's Aurora. So that's um, their website is aurora.dev. For proximity, I think their website is proximity.dev. So they focus on, on different pieces of, of DeFi, such as native DeFi for proximity and more like EVM like uh, DeFi and also the bridges is uh, yeah. part of uh, part of the solution for Aurora. Uh, and then we also have others focusing like, for example, like NFT marketplaces, like Satori is focusing on this, that's yeah. another spin-off. And uh, I'm sure like I'm missing some others. And and by the way, there will be like others that don't exist yet. Mm -hmm. I feel like, for example, like incubating like social graph related protocols or niche web applications, more like going into more like web direction, more like consumer applications. Yeah. Um, is I think another big direction where like Nier will play to its strengths actually. Cool. Okay, so I'll, I'll I want to touch on the DeFi side of stuff as well, but I think I want to come back to the Human Guild because obviously you're very involved in that, and I love the idea. I'm a gamer myself, um, so I, I'd love you to expand. Do you have some callouts you would like to to make around the gaming ecosystem that you're involved in, and and some like truly revolutionary stuff you're seeing happening on the near chain, especially that's integrating blockchain, making blockchain gaming, you know, integrating that component in a seamless way. I'm, I'm keen to hear some insights on that and what near has. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's definitely something I can like talk forever about. <laughs> um, but um, the, the interesting thing there, like what I'm observing, what's super interesting is that there are people who are like deciding to build games in a very different way. So, so first of all, you can look at gaming space as just like use cases. Okay, like in Web two space, there was um, its own evolution where people, you know, like build games for PCs first, and internet happened, and people were still paying uh, paying uh, paying for like multiplayer games. Then you had like free to play with like mobile and, and then social first and mobile. Now you're kind of moving to this like. Play to earn is becoming a big kind of term in, yeah. in the crypto space with like Axie success. And that's also important in a way because uh, because gaming startups in crypto specifically like completely struggled throughout 2019, 2020 with being able to, for example, like raise funding. The big difference between games and let's say DeFi protocols is that for DeFi, you can launch it over the weekend. You can just like take 
particular piece of code from from GitHub and launch, let's say, community launch. We saw a lot of it last year, um, and essentially like a lot easier from the perspective of time you need, uh, the team you need, and that kind of stuff. For gaming, it's different in that um, in that you need multi cross-functional team, usually multiple years, even if it's like simple game. And so um, I feel like very few uh, projects actually were able to get to actual launch from 2019 and 2020. But the interesting one that launched was XE, obviously. What I'm seeing, what's interesting from our ecosystem to call out is people who are building together with community, actually. If you build things in very incremental fashion, um, that's, that, that's, I think, very powerful way to build games. So basically what I'm referring to here is actually launching Discord before you even have anything. And we saw it successfully launched even on Ethereum was like loot project where you, you saw kind of like a lot of attention going to something that didn't have anything beyond mm-hmm. like first idea pretty much. And we saw it uh, recently with Dragoneer on, on near the Dragon game that just accumulated quite a bit of uh, people in their Telegram group, which is now like forming into a team of its own that's taken over and kind of running with it. But uh, another interesting project I want to call out is it's called Shroom Kingdom. It's one solo developer out of Germany is building this platformer. You can think of it as like similar as like Mario Maker. And and the interesting thing about it, well, twofold, when it comes to use case itself, I think a lot of blockchain games uh, will, will help um, creators to get paid. So in case of Mario Maker, there is a game that has kind of like two modes. One is you play the, the levels, one is uh, you create levels. And so the promise of, of blockchain is a promise of not only unleashing creativity, but actually getting creators to get paid. Yeah. And so this editing levels, creating levels becomes like very important. And that's specifically what this particular platformer is focusing on called Shroom Kingdom, but also from the how, how he develops it, the most interesting thing is this particular thing of launching with a community and incremental fashion. So what he what he specifically did is he, uh, he already had Discord because he built a couple of games before. So he has like a couple thousand people kind of following his progress to begin with. Mm. And now he's actually telling to his community, hey, like I'm actually building Web3 game and he's starting to teach them um, crypto and they have no idea about crypto, his community. And so he, not only he started teaching them, he, he launched this FAQ for DAOs. He's explaining like, I, I need to have a DAO I realized nobody knows here in my Discord server what DAO is. So like, mm. I want to like, educate you on this. Not only this, he's saying, like, actually, by the way, DAO is looking for you to help me. Like, I'm actually building the actual game, but like, I need a lot of other things, such as yeah. like Discord moderators, such as uh, helping with creating content. And actually, DAO is hiring right now. And the game doesn't exist. Like, n- n- almost nothing exists today. Mm. And it's kind of like interesting to see like people actually apply, and even like engineers apply. And, when, when nothing exists. So like, I, I'm very excited about those kinds of things yeah. where like, people build it with a community. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Okay. Is there um, currently any game that is out on the, in the near ecosystem that is, you know, something you, if, if an iconist was venturing into, you know, um, the near ecosystem, what would you tell them to go and play right away? Mm-hmm. So there is only one uh, game that's um, live fully, and it's a very simple one. It's called Chain Typing. It's just chaintyping.com. Yeah. It's a typing game, and people actually like can improve speed and efficiency and get paid for it. So it's a very simple play-to-earn game. And we're going to have six to eight games launching until end of this year, but I feel like knowing engineering timelines, it's actually it's two or three. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see which ones will end up. The interesting one that is kind of like bigger game 
is called Hashrush. Their website is hashrush.com. They will be available early on on just PC. Uh, and then uh, by the end of this year, they're both going to launch um, the Play Turn model as well as launch the um, Mac platform. So it will be available for Mac as well, which I'm waiting for. Yeah. I don't have PC, unfortunately. Um, and that one is interesting because it's more complex game. It's actual RTS. So it's a kind of mix between Dota simpler simpler gameplay, but more like also StarCraft II, kind of oh, like yeah. more complex strategy game. Yeah. And um, people behind it, they're like very passionate about strategy games and kind of like return of this genre yeah. because they played strategy games when they were kids. Like I actually played some strategy games also when I was kind of like much younger. Um, and that one will be super exciting. But that one was also like four years in the making pretty much like i feel like the it, it was quite challenging i think to go through the kind of like point in time in the market when when no games existed and, mm-hmm. and as a result a lot of investors were also like very skeptical yeah usually the conversation would be like well like i i want to kind of see live gamers like once you launch i, I, would, I would like to consider to be investing and for the game developer it's like very challenging because they're like well i need two years of development yeah yeah yeah, yeah. launch <laughs> so in in this particular game you were talking about how what is it so I guess the blockchain gaming is more about essentially giving the creators power to get paid, but also the gamers who game and spend time doing, they basically have owned that asset and then can sell aspects of it in the open market and profit from it. Um, so in this instance, how um, this uh, that style of game, are there going to be like, you know, weapons that are a form of NFTs that can be resold, etc.? Is that, is, that, is that how this platform will work, the game will work? Yeah, exactly. So the whole economy is on chain and the creator of this game is very passionate about the play-to-earn aspect. He was kind of like evangelizing play-to-earn for like uh, four years. The idea is that people actually can uh can actually get paid for uh, playing the game um and so that's uh pretty much like token economics they were also working on this for for years now yeah uh, and i would say token economics also like very different game by game um depending on the genre it could be very different um in case of shroom kingdom the way kind of he thinks about the economy is that there are like very simple kind of actions that can either lead to minting of the of their token or or burning of the token and so he's trying to essentially like encourage uh, people to do positive actions such as create a new level for the platformer and things like that so i would say like token economics like really vary by the game but for earlier stage games i think the most important piece is to tie econo- economy and economic ownership back to the community yeah okay cool no, uh, actually uh, it'll be looking forward to seeing that game that those kind of games have huge followings and um uh, if they nail that uh the biggest component, you, the challenge that everyone's faces is that onboarding process. If it's almost seamless and then users can kind of go, well, the time you spend, you can then sell and make money from this play to earn. Um, yeah, you nail it. It's looking quite good. I'm actually going to explore it post this recording. I'm keen to um, get a bit more info on that. Awesome. Okay, so that's gaming. We focus on gaming. Now let, let's shift to uh, DeFi. And uh, I know gaming is your subject matter expert, but I've noticed quite a lot of um, uh, DeFi kicking off in the new ecosystem. And I, I see that consistently post with TVL and different aspects. Uh, I think, could you talk through a few of um, your highlight DeFi apps that either you have used or you know of that you want to kind of shine a bit of light to? Uh, I'd, 
I know our community has just started in Icon. We've, we've gotten two major DeFi apps launch and um, the Icon community is now just loving every aspect of it, you know, minting a stable coin, um, earning interest, all that kind of stuff. So um, keen to see what opportunities exist in Nier because soon when we have that integration, we'll be able to move those assets on each other's chains and start, you know, doing more things with them. So what have we got on Nier? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so when it comes to DeFi near, I would say like number one is fairly early days. Uh, we have a couple applications that launched. Um, so one of them is called Rough Finance. Yeah. Uh, that one is pretty much like uh, automated market maker, the first one on near. And uh, quite a few people are actually starting to get paid there for providing liquidity. So the, the kind of like the, the farming farm launched recently there. I know that there is a website called Sodaki, S-O-D-A-K-I.com, just six letters, Sodaki.com where uh, there is like TBL um, mm -hmm. information about a rough finance ecosystem. So that one is super interesting. Uh, another like DeFi project I'm super excited about is actually opportunity for projects to raise money on chain directly. So crowdfunding directly on chain. Uh, we have two different projects there near Pat. I'm a little bit less familiar with this one, but I know that they're doing the first uh, first uh, sale there uh, as of recently. And then there's Skyward. Their website is app.skyward that finance uh, Skyward spells as S-K-Y-W-A-R-D. Um, and so that one actually allows projects to raise funding directly from near ecosystem. So in fact, people actually exchange their near holdings in mm -hmm. exchange for the token of the particular project. They've done four different sales so far. So the first one they did, they actually dog footed it. They, they sold their own um, token on their own platform as the first one. That was Skyward sale. The second one was actually refinanced. They did the sale on Skyward. And the third one is um, Octopus. Octopus is a project in um, Asia that is focusing on app chains. So they're actually building kind of like app chains on Nier with the use of um, with the use of Substrate and Nier. And they've been working in Substrate and Polkadot ecosystem for like a long time from what I understand. Um, and the last fundraise that happened on Skyward was actually Paras. That's one of the NFT marketplaces out of Indonesia. Uh, Paras is focusing on digital uh, cards as as their kind of like niche uh, in uh, in NFT marketplaces. They are going into web comics next, actually in gaming too. After this, and they they also did the the sale on Skyward. So that's another like really interesting like representative example of um, of DeFi ecosystem. I know Proximity team is actually starting to work on like lending protocol. So they they going to be uh, launching the first lending protocol. And I do think there are a couple different stable coins natively to near being built, but I actually didn't talk to them as of recently. So uh, I know that we do have stable coins, mostly from Ethereum available through the bridge, through the rainbow bridge available today. But we, we do have in the works native stable coin implementations. I just was not in touch with them. Um, another another DeFi projects to mention um, is Metapool. So Metapool is really interesting one. It's from South America, actually. The, what's super exciting about Metapool from my perspective, non not, not the project, not technical implementation of the project perspective, but like the exciting part is that the, the team, the founders actually met in near ecosystem. It's like the first instance when I actually saw founders actually meeting. One of them is in Argentina, one of them is in Mexico City, and, and they actually met uh, in near ecosystem, which is amazing now because I'm constantly trying to figure out how to actually connect talent to each other. Yeah. And it's very hard. And so uh, Metapool is doing liquid staking. So they provide opportunity for people to use their staked near. In, yep. in different kinds of use cases, so it could be like, for example, you use, um, you provide liquidity in in rough finance with your staked uh, near would be example of that. And so they have 
staked near a token that they want to actually actually also to 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 use it to replace W near, which is also used in the context of like bridge near from that's wrapped uh, from other places. Is that, is that wrapped near that? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. This this is so, a... sorry, sorry, go ones. ahead. I think I think that's it. Probably Th those would be a good list to mention. That, I'm actually very interested. I want to talk about this a bit more because to give context, okay, so uh, near near is a proof of stake asset currently so to secure the chain you stake um do you happen to know what kind of rewards uh, do stakers get um for yep let me actually look it up right now i believe it's in the range of 10 percent. so there's a website near-staking.com yep. that's where i'm actually looking it up right now it's close to 11 percent annually ah cool so so pretty much on par with icon so okay that that's interesting so and and this protocol because obviously when you stake it how long does it take to unstake the asset traditionally? I think it's like three epochs, if I recall correctly. So it's between one and two days, I think. Roughly. Well, that's, that's not bad. Okay. So, um, but, but the goal of these platforms where they say liquid is essentially um, you stake, you get the rewards, but you can move your staked asset around and utilize it in different protocols. Um, exactly. Yeah. Great. So, so th this is interesting because, um, I probably just as you spoke, I see this being something um, BTP enables because all of a sudden we could move, you know, these two proof of stake assets, which is ICX's proof of stake and near across each chain and utilize them in DeFi protocols and still not give up your yield component that you earn from these assets. So um, it's great to hear that there is a protocol that specifically focuses on this. So I'm guessing one of um, the goals of it would be to expand it's proof of stake assets it's liquid assets essentially um so it's not just near it's other ass assets get start getting added to it yep definitely definitely and yeah they're just getting started pretty much they also look at all of the amount of near staked which is like at maybe like 40 percent of all of the near uh today and so they uh they, they kind of like also look look at this as inefficiency in the system they want yeah. to have this one uh, available in other places and yeah. as, you, as you mentioned being able to just like earn yield while actually being able to use it in many places. Yeah, yeah. yeah otherwise, it's a catch-22, right? Do I stake or chase yield where sometimes that yield can be 40 to 80% versus the staking rewards? And yeah, no, no, I agree. It's a good one. Okay, cool. Is there any... Look, I, I actually wanted to... You mentioned this early on. So it sounds like in the Neo ecosystem, once it got founded, the founders are such they all split off and set up their own like you know you you got your component of human guild and then you mentioned aurora which focuses on enabling evm applications and i get that so and and this is what icon's trying to do with the sister chain but essentially it is to enable the devs that are building um and their vast library at a click of a button they can migrate their code onto another chain so but nia has has it doesn't sound like nia has a foundation that looks over it all it's it sounds like near has foundation has split itself up into segments to go okay the, these are your subject matter experts now go explore it and create and and build out of that have i got that right or oh so near also has foundations so near near itself is roughly 150 or so people right now near scaled yeah. a lot last year that one is actually split i actually don't know the exact split uh, in terms of amount of people but it's uh, split between ink and foundation so ink is um in based in delaware and uh, f but the development team was initially 
in San Francisco. When we had an office, we kind of gave it up in, during COVID. Now yeah. it's everywhere. The foundation is actually based in Switzerland. And so both foundation and Inca are hiring quite a bit and they operate quite independently. Yeah. Um, and then uh, and then you have pretty much like a lot of guilds that we started. Like last year, a lot of guilds were starting from within New York system, maybe like 30, 40 started from outside of New York. And then you also have the spin-off situation where like a lot of New York team, core, core team members from early days, they're spinning off their own entities. So we have Inc, we have foundation. We also have quite a bit of uh, different um, new entities being started. Yep. Okay, cool. So one thing we touched on and um, just in conversation, and we won't get too technical with it, but Nia already has just launched a bridge recently, right? Um, which is, I believe, called Rainbow Bridge. Um, yep. And and this particular bridge is, is a one way as in uh, back and forth to Ethereum, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. So is, is this particular bridge, like, is that how it's designed just to be with Ethereum or could it be expanded to other chains? Do you know much about um, the the bridge aspect? Yeah, so I believe that it could be generalized over time. Uh, right now, it only works with Ethereum, but I actually don't know the kind of like the product roadmap for the Aurora. Yeah. Okay. Because Aurora, the guys who do EVM, they also have Bridge as one of their products yeah. right now. And so, like, they're responsible for it. And I have no idea, like, how they think about, like, yeah. generalizing the technology over time. But, but I mean, yeah, the first one that they have nailed the Rainbow Bridge to is Ethereum. And that's kind of the best one, right? Like, that, that's where all the liquidity sits. And that's the one you want to connect to to kind of grow your ecosystem. So it's good to see. Cool. Okay, um, I think that that's really good. That's given me, uh, well, me, it, it should give the entire community a good overview of everything being built on, on the Neo ecosystem. Is there any closing words, anything you want to finish off or highlight with stuff that you've noticed um, or things that are to come in the Neo ecosystem that you can't wait and is going to blow everyone away? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so one thing uh, we haven't touched on just yet is uh, just like general NFT. Uh, marketplaces uh, aspect. So we have quite a few of them. We have one called Pluminite. We have one called Mintbase. We have one called uh, Paras. Yeah. Uh, Paras is based in, out of Indonesia. That's a team focusing on um, on digital collectibles. Mintbase and its curated one. Mintbase is based in Portugal and they're focusing on general purpose uh, artists. So it's not curated. Anybody can join. They're like really much really focused on decentralization. So it's less of a platform where a lot of people put their NFTs. It's more of a storefront where yeah. People can just like spin out their own uh, storefronts. So that's super interesting. Pluminet mm. and Pluminet is just pluminet.com. I think of Pluminet as kind of like Instagram, where instead of photos, people put their NFTs. So it's like really yeah. user friendly um, like application. And then another thing I wanted to mention outside of NFT uh, space is that um, we we have quite a bit of traction also on DAO things. So we have mm. more than 200 dollars right now. Oh, is it? Okay. Wow. Yeah, and so like, what's interesting about the communities in New York system, which started as guilds, then spinouts are also quite a few of them are guilds. Um, majority of the guilds actually productize kind of like backend of their operations through DAO. So they mm. they they do voting. They actually um, kind of put resources together uh, to to fund different initiatives. So for example, we have DAO for like Russian developer community. We have DAO for um, like creatives overall. We have DAO for like virtual worlds. Yeah. We have Human Guild has DAO, for example, and um, all of this are powered by kind of like the same DAO framework called, called Sputnik. Now I think it's actually been rebranded into Astra. I think Sput Sputnik is a bit too Russian sounding. <laughs> <laughs> 
but that one um, that that one is like really high on, on human activity it has like at least 200 people so like what, what i personally want is for people to build more different like social or like web applications on near i think near is very strong in like how account model was done and access keys were done and so we haven't yet seen those like killer apps just yet because pe people unfortunately people don't know about this and so mm -hmm. like the the kind of like the, the the natural process of getting to those use cases will take like many many hackathons many many years probably yeah. it's like it's quite a bit of uh like i'm realizing just like right now how long process uh, it is like process of like actually getting the kind of new innovation into the space where like like nobody knows where to get the information uh there's like so much going on um, yeah, yeah, yeah. decentralized ecosystems naturally struggling a bit with communication how communication gets propagated you know well that that's probably what i pick up on with DAOs. like it's keeping it coordinated and especially when it starts to grow bigger um i'm, I'm quite interested in getting your take so if if uh, that's a lot of DAOs the ecosystem has is um do the DAOs have a bit of a framework they use to kick off their tokens and things like that? Or a lot of the DAOs, they kick off without any, they don't worry about the tokenomics of the DAO and just people get together and start working. How, how does that work in... in? So DAOs, do they use near token? But I'm not sure. And so they like naturally just give up, they pull together their uh, near tokens, they give away near tokens for particular initiatives. So in case of, in case of Human Guild, we have a DAO which gives money for for creators, uh, uh, whoever is in increasing amount of earners, so to the extent that people kind of work in our kind of like bucket of activities that we think kind of make sense, um, then we would fund it, and it would be funded in in near tokens, pretty much. Yeah, and and where where so when you say funded in near tokens, do you go for a grant via the foundation to like um, you know give the DAO treasury a little bit of funding so that they can start executing on the work? How does that initial um, base of funds come to the DAO? Or is it just users who join go, yep, to join the DAO, you, you give five near, for example. How, how, how does that exactly work? This is, I'm personally curious. That's why I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> no, yeah, that's super interesting. I think there are two main sources. I see there are smaller DAOs where people kind of put money together. And then there are also DAOs where near foundation give uh, grants to different DAOs too. So it's like I would say it's both. Um, and I, yeah, I would say it's probably like split 50 50. Even okay. like I, I haven't done the like full like analysis on each yeah. DAO. Yeah, but, but okay, those are those are the methods that I used. Okay, cool, good to hear. Um, so is there any when since we're talking DAO front and the human guild is a DAO, um, is there any other big DAOs in Nier? So, for example, the biggest DAO I know, apart from um, the protocols on Icon, which are balanced and um, Ohm, that are DeFi applications, but also DAOs, um, because the goal is the governance token and, you know, people then vote, etc. Um, but Bankless on Ethereum, I don't know if you know Ryan Sean and um, uh, David Hoffman, you know, that that's probably one of the big DAOs that uh, I follow and see them making progress and tr evolving after just doing a token dump to everyone and then people coming together. Is there any other um, big DAOs or highlights you want to call out in the Neo ecosystem? Yeah, I'm actually looking at it right now. Um, there is a website called stats.sputnik.fund. And so, like, for example, like Human Guild DAO looks like is actually the biggest one so far. But there are also other ones. There's Kikimura, that's Sputnik DAO, that uh, near it has like close to 50,000 near. Um, there is Creatives DAO, that's one is pretty big one. It has close to 40,000 near. 
There's community squad DAO called, uh, and it has like 31,000 year looks like. There is grants DAO, it has like 18,000 year. There is China DAO, uh, it's probably related to Chinese community, it has like 20,000 year. Mm. And there's like NFT bounties DAO, there is open sandbox uh, DAO, that's, that's, that one I actually haven't called with them on Monday, I meant to like really learn what they're doing. Yeah. And then there's Russian community DAO, uh, assembly script DAO is probably probably propagating uh, assembly script as a language. Um, there is also marketing vertical DAO. Um, there's sports space DAO. I'm seeing there's near Hispana DAO. So it it feels like they're like all kinds of like either vertical or so geographical communities. Yeah. Or uh, something else. Yeah. Okay. That's really cool. Um, that that's a big takeaway. I think um, any every iconist listening in, uh, definitely if you're exploring DAOs or uh, w- what it's showing me in your protocol is the DAOs haven't come about from a DAP, a DeFi DAP or something launching. A lot of these DAOs have just formed um, for the particular subject of what service they want to provide. People have come together, and it's a new example that you gave earlier, isn't it? Where um, even the game Shroom he goes, he wanted to form the DAO and use the community and then build rather than creating and then making it a DAO to to you know um, move forward with decisions. So it's kind of a reverse model, flipping it and going, yep, yeah, from ground up, we'll build out via the community and how we push forward. Um, uh, that's a big takeaway from me today in our, in our catch up. It's, it's something, um, I think it's been the opposite in the icon ecosystem. So it's, it's great to see it on a, on the flip side and, um, yeah, what possibilities it leads to. That's really cool. Um, Mm -hmm. cool. Okay. Any, anything else, Sasha, while I, while we're chatting, I think, um, you, ah, you've been on a roll, man. You've been on a roll remembering quite a lot. Yeah. Uh, no, I think that that's it. I think we covered uh, a bit of DeFi, a bit of NFTs, a bit of gaming. Uh, we, I guess last thing I forgot to mention is the virtual worlds. So we have uh, one of the virtual worlds that already went live, but it's still kind of like a bit struggling with the uh, with the scalability of it. Like when 20, 30 people are there, we have still a bit audio partitioning issues. Not everybody hearing everybody, but it has audio chat in it, and it's two D DAO. So it's, oh, sorry, not DAO, two D world. It's called Near Lens. Um, that one is live. We're also incubating quite a bit of uh, kind of like more complex ones. There's a just kind of like decentralized Minecraft in the making. Uh, and there are a couple others uh, as well, but the 2D one is already uh, live. We actually kind of moved our Hangouts, our own community human guild Hangouts. We used to do them every week in uh, Crypto Voxels. Um, that, that one was also interesting because um, I, I'll, I'll, I'll say like some interesting story on this, but also like how also we got to start hanging out on, 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 on Fridays in the virtual world. We were just like me and Vlad, who started Human Guild. We were just complete noobs at building communities, mm-hmm. and um, we we um, get, get people to participate in our Discord. But we did notice that quite a few people that we personally invited them were just kind of lurkers yeah. and not, not not participating. And so we started asking them, and across the board, they were just saying like, "Well, I just don't know anybody." So like, I, I know you guys, and like, I don't, like I don't know like what to say because I just don't know anybody else. And oh, like, yeah. I'm like back, back end engineer. I'm like. I'm not by default communicating with people that much, like yeah. not everyone, but like a lot of people are. And so we realized like, shit, like obviously we know all these people, but they actually don't know each other. And yeah. so like natural step was like, well, let's start hanging out in virtual world every Friday. And that was like really, really helpful for like our community. That's like very basic thing, but like not us being noobs on this. Yeah, uh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We covered that, but it was very interesting is that crypto voxels seems like crypto voxels itself is such a like, um, interesting representation of like physical world actually it's like 
the the kind of activity that's happening in the virtual world is very similar to like real estate happening in the real world. So what happened is we have a, a, our friend. She also works in one of the near investors actually. Uh, but she had a space in, in CryptoVoxels and she told us that she can just uh, get us to use her space and like, kind of re rebuild it in our own headquarters mm -hmm. for free. And I was asking like, why, uh, what's, what's the like, what's the uh, reason there? And she said like, she got bullied actually by people around her. So people were building out their own spaces in CryptoVoxels and yeah. seeing kind of her space was the only one that was not built up. Nothing yeah. was happening on her parcel. People set up like spam email going to her every single day. Uh. Asking, forcing her to sell it. So, so th these are just for context. These are like virtual worlds, isn't it? So you enter this virtual world and you have the space and you can deck it out. So in the space, you could have like banners of your products and stuff. So people come in, um, they can hang out and just start asking questions. So it's kind of a, a VR world of uh, real world. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. And, cool. like, and those, yeah, just for the audience, there are people who kind of like focus on a browser there are ones that focus on the browser and they're like really kind of actually attract web developers who are like interested in browser experiences and then there are people who focus on vr and they're all about like vr is the future i, I kind of like a half browser version because i just need more users and not mm -hmm. everybody has vr but really i really want to get to a place where everybody has vr and so like the example of the vr one is called somnium space the example of um a browser one is called um, decentraland or crypto voxels and then in our in our world, it's uh, near lens, but that one is even simpler. It's two G. Yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. That's cool. Awesome. Okay. Well, look, our chat has definitely told me one thing that um, you know, near has been exploring. It's not a niche for one aspect for gaming. It's it can do everything, but it's definitely focused on gaming in the sense where it's made sure that focused on that onboarding process. So the biggest challenge, as you've always said, is, you know, we're losing users. Yeah, blockchain gaming, it enables this, 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 but if we can't get users to move to the next phase of registration, it's kind of all pointless. Um, and I'll always draw back comparison. This is something similar to what Icon's doing with DeFi and, and um, what they've done is built this bridge integration where you don't need your traditional wallet. It's just a sign in with an email and it's just like yeah and and they've enabled that kind of stuff for our DeFi products particularly a money market own um and it is essentially what near has focused on from the gaming space and it sounds like they've nailed it and now you've in the background all this creation has been happening with the games actually being built out and we should see it in the next six months these big games that you've spoken through this podcast will start getting released and and automatically um well, that's how adoption happens, right? If players come to it, the, the near token starts getting used in different aspects because that's what's used to power things. Um, yeah, I, I've, I've learned a ton. Me, my near knowledge before this podcast was just this much where I was just trying to rush up to understand so I knew kind of what you would talk to me about. Um, but after our conversation, um, yeah, I've got... I know so much more about it and I've been fascinated about the DAO concept. I'm actually going to pick your brain post this podcast a little bit more about um, the DAO component. It's definitely got me intrigued. But um, Sasha, thank you so much for coming on the show. I know um, I've been chasing you. We've been back and forth for a while. So it's great that this has finally happened. Um, I was a little bit nervous today, worried, you know, oh, I hope uh, because of my lack of knowledge of Nia, it, it, you know, our conversation flowed and it's been brilliant. Love it. Cool. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me. I think it was amazing to uh, to have this conversation.
Great, great. And um, Sasha, one day we may have to do one reverse, introduce the new community to, to the Icon ecosystem. And especially when BTP is close to launching, all the possibilities it enables for um, Nia as well on our side uh, of the chain. That's right. Well, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, I actually have a podcast, so it's a perfect, perfect, perfect way to do it. Love it. Love it. Look, Sasha, again, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, we'll chat soon. All right. Take thank care. You. Bye.